you ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd That means it's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by Phil. Right from Boris's desktop. I love the thumbnail, Boris. <laughs> yeah, you know it. You freaking know it. We are testing things out here on the It's Canon Podcast this week. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a really long time. So you know what? Why the heck not uh we are live on youtube twitter and facebook we're gonna get a twitch our twitch account up and going yet again and uh, we're gonna be going live there uh so if you are joining us from there welcome uh again this is just a test stream i'm sure something will eventually go wrong uh but for now things seem to be working fairly well uh so that is that um and and you know i, I guess we gotta go do our our uh uh, our, our daily shot uh, shout out to my nephew Alex, who I know is watching right now, because uh, he's yep, uh, we got see you to do. exactly. <laughs> I see, I see the chat. I see all. Uh, so it is going to be a fun episode testing things out here. Um, Phil, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. You know, it's been a week. Uh, we are all out of our timing sorts. Oh, I'm and so messed up today. <laughs> We're we're coming at you live, way past our bedtimes. We're old men, so <laughs> <laughs> you're an old man. You're an old man. Let's let's get that straight, right? Like let's I, let's, I can't let's hide remember it. that. <laughs> no, but it. now now apparently people can see. <laughs> Look, who's that fat old dude? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Hey, right? Um, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a uh, fun time here. And again, this is just the evolution of the show. It's crazy, honestly. I, and again, Tyler, hopefully you feel better soon. Um, I know that yep. man. It just it just sounds like he's going through hell again. Uh, and I hope that he gets better uh, asap, so he can join us as we go into this. Like, I feel like this is now the fourth iteration of the show, and it's crazy because Tyler's been with me throughout the entire ride. Actually, did you know? That he's the person who actually named the It's Canon podcast the It's Canon podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, come on, Tyler. I hope you're feeling better soon so you can join the grumpy old men being streamed live on the internet. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you can be part of this beautiful crew. <laughs> exactly. Just wait until we open our OnlyFans. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. It's crazy to think. Like, we started this podcast back in 2015. Um, and here we are like, yeah, we've taken a few breaks, but for the most part, we've kind of gone strong. I've archived a lot of the old episodes because holy shit, it's horrible how bad we were back then. <laughs> well, at the same time, 
it was kind of when podcasts were new, right? Yeah. Like they were a newer form of media. And I know that we benefit, or at least I do, about the fact that there's so many products available now for production from webcams that are actually have decent to microphones that are even way better than a lot of the original stuff that was out there to key lights to, you know, the whole thing. And you kind of evolve with that, right? Like the headphones and all that kind of stuff just keeps on improving and it's going to have an impact on quality yep. for our listeners. So yep, that's, that's exactly it. Right. Um, so it's, it's just crazy how much things have changed. Like I remember, cause I still have a lot, all the original, all the equipment that I'll oh, just slap myself in the, in the face with my mic. People are going to actually notice when I do that and not just you. Um, so it's crazy because I still have all of my old equipment and they're like really good sure mics, right? Um, but it's just crazy because like how expensive everything was back then. You know, each mic was like 80 bucks, 90 bucks. And these are like, these are your regular sure mics that you get in clubs and stuff. They're nothing special. Um, oh, yeah. The SM58, maybe. That's maybe. exactly. That's exactly the, the one that I have. I have two, three of yep. those. Um, and then the mixer, the original mixer was like 600 bucks, um, which is oh, yeah. ironic because I just bought a zoom one of those zoom recorders but i bought like one of the higher end versions uh and and it did cost me 600 bucks but you know it just it just offers so much more uh so yeah so it's gonna it's it's the evolution of of like you said the equipment the lights just the production the, the quality of the cameras man the fact i remember Tyler and I did some live shows and it was so difficult to do live shows back then because there wasn't YouTube to stream. You know, you didn't have uh, Melon, you didn't have StreamYard, you didn't have um, uh, Riverside, you didn't have any of those. You had to do everything uh and even to stream radio it was like mixler uh, and and it, it was yeah. difficult because people had to download that app and do everything through there and and whatnot so being oh, able mixer. to mixler yeah being able to actually just go on so many uh sites with one click it's uh pretty fun but uh yeah so yeah yeah, it's exactly that. And the fact that we've been doing this a while, at least I'm fairly new to the team. I'm the latest edition, but you kind of start to know how to talk on the Internet and talk with one another makes for a little more of an entertaining show. So yep. the comfortableness on the mic. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. there. And now we got to throw in video because, hey, why, why not? Because why not? Because so people can see how disgruntled and angry. You know what? I can't wait for. I can't wait for the fight because people have to realize <laughs> the faces that Tyler makes as we're recording, as we're going through these episodes. Sometimes it's 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 the gold of stuff, right? Like that's yeah. I know I'm hitting a nerve when you see him do the face kinkle, the <laughs> and it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Literally, that's what I think. It's like, all right. Can't wait for the next sentence. It's going to be a doozy. Uh, so we have that. But uh, uh, yeah, man. So again, it's thank you to everyone who's listened. Honestly, I always say that this show I do for myself. I do for you. We always called it, since you joined the team, uh, we called it geek therapy because that's really what it felt like and that's what it was. And, you know, it was kind of mm -hmm. cool. Um, but uh, it's awesome to know that we do have listeners who listen to us each and every week, including my nephew. Uh, he's the only family member who listens to any of my shows i have some friends who listen um i have friends who 
this is the funny part. I have friends who are proud of the fact that they don't listen to any of my shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got those ones too. So yeah. I know what you mean, but usually they're they're not so much proud that they don't listen to it. They're they're like, no, either I get enough of Phil anyway, <laughs> or it's it's kind of like the topics don't resonate with them because yeah. it is kind of a, it it's got its audience it's not it for does. everybody right exactly it, it, we try to make it as open as possible but at the end of the day we're just a bunch of geeks who geek out talking about geeky stuff uh you know and 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 then yeah that's that's exactly what you're gonna get here on the it's kind of podcast where it's essentially split up into two segments you got the you know what i've watched read and played segment which is just us shooting the shit just like this and then the second half we usually have a topic de jour um sometimes it's a big show that's on uh, sometimes we have like a legit topic i tend to save those episodes for when it's the three of us because i really like having the three of us in the debates aka I like us fighting um and episodes like this, and it's perfect timing, right? Because we have the Mandalorian yeah. that's on, uh, and we can talk about that. Um, so let's get right to it, Phil, and let's talk about like what's going on in the life of Phil. I think last week I we didn't talk until today. Yeah, it's it's been quiet. I I think that we I. I made my nightly list of shrinking words that are quote lines that made me laugh because it was another episode full of golden lines for me. But yeah, like obviously aside from the regular stuff, like shrinking Ted Lasso, uh, premiere, uh, talk about that. The Mandalorian. I could, we're going to need to topic. Uh, we're going to need to open that one up because, that one's really fractured the fan base again. Like, oh, so anyhow, um, had a friend who went to Comic-Con last minute and she went and saw Emily Swallow. Yep. So got an autograph from her on her Lego set of the armorer, which Emily didn't know existed. So you can bet someone's searching for their minifig now. Uh, so anyhow. Amazing. That is yeah. amazing. And she had a little bit of um, a fangirl moment. So Emily knows her very well now because she nearly fainted. Because not only was it Emily there, the 501st had their armor and Mando there. So she was having difficulty processing the fact that here she has Emily who she's prepared to see not in the outfit. And then you have somebody personifying that character and something that I didn't realize. I just thought it was cool that there's this lady who is the armor. Um, this is a, this was a big deal for my friend because it was a strong female character on screen. Yeah. And that was what resonated the most with her was just the fact that here's this pretty bigger than life person and she really wishes that when she was a kid she saw more of that as a role model type thing growing up so that was fascinating to me seeing that take on it and she also took a swing by uh our friend of the show's fearless fred and introduced herself to him awesome and she told him that she's just like I don't know you. I've never listened to you. I've never seen you. 
but we have a mutual friend and she brought up my name and Fred was just all smiles and yeah, we traded some pictures and yeah. So anyhow, Fred's very excited as he should be for his new comic, which drops this Wednesday called dead Romans. It's on, it's with image. Yep. So if, yeah, if you're, th- if, if, if you're in your local comic book store, be sure to pick it up and, uh, you know, support a Canadian guy making his way and writing the stories and whatnot. Cause he's a yep. uh, big into that. Exactly. In fact, one of my, a friend who I went to elementary school with, he's the artist on one of the variant covers of Dead Romans, number one, uh, Adam Gorham. He's done a lot. He's getting oh, yeah. a lot of traction. Uh, he's worked with Fred a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've known him like, yeah, since elementary school. How crazy is that? Yeah, we I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. That's right. And he's always like on there because he's highly involved in a lot of what Fred does. So good for fred i'm glad to see uh more canadian artists and storytellers out there uh, jim zub apparently couldn't be there he had too much work yep. uh due dates and what whatnot so you can't win them all but you know it's good to see a strong canadian representation it looks like everybody had a great time and uh yeah so it was fun hearing about that and then for the other stuff for me, it was mostly just um, for reading, uh, doing more the that Ronin one, finished book one, uh, onto or chapter one, which was rather huge and epic. So making my way through that, you know, only a hundred and seventy pages left or something. So that's a bit of a of a slog, but I really am enjoying digital copies of things and i'll be picking up fred's book this week digitally off of amazon so Mm -hmm. even if you're not at the comic book store there are ways to actively support these artists and whatnot as we were talking about so yeah so that's my little spiel about uh supporting canadian artists and comic books yep and i'm hoping that we get like as we're as we're getting back into the swing of things, right? Like Fred's flat out asked, you know, he wants to come back, and you know, because yeah. he's obviously got a bunch going on, and he wants to catch up with us. Uh, there's a couple other friends of the shows that kind of want to come back. So slowly and slowly, we're gonna start bringing guests back, uh, which is something that I'm really, really gonna be looking forward to. Um, so before I forget, actually, this Sunday, if you are in Mississauga, uh, head out to the Awesome Toy Show because I'm gonna be there. Uh, I'm actually gonna be there uh, with uh, the Sunday night's main event crew. Uh, So that's actually going to be at the Oasis Convention Center in uh, Mississauga. Uh, It is on Lakeshore. Um, It got moved from the Small Arms Inspection Building. Uh, So, but right now it is on the Oasis Convention Center, which is essentially, I want to say, kind of like Lakeshore and Dixie-ish in Mississauga. Uh, So that's going to be good. Yep. Uh, Chris Van Vliet, uh, he's a very popular YouTuber, podcaster. He's going to be a featured guest. Uh, you're obviously going to you're going to get some wrestlers there and then you're going to get a bunch of, uh, you know, the regular people who do the conventions. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking for pops, if you're looking for toys, if you're looking for whatever, the awesome toy show is going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be giving away a uh, a trip to WrestleMania. There's prizes. There's a cosplay uh, contest going on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's the awesome toy show this Sunday. Um, 
March the 26th from 12 to 5 p.m. Uh, so catch us there. Catch me there. Uh, so really looking forward to that. I love these small local shows, right? Like I prefer those than, oh, yeah. than the fan expos and the comic cons. Oh, that was my friend said that too. She was just like, she does a lot of comic cons and she's like, I don't like doing Toronto because it's way too corporate versus getting out to some of the smaller shows that are actually run by fans. You can feel the difference. You know, that being said, it's Toronto. So I get it. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's gotta, you gotta corporate it up. Yeah. It could be overwhelming, right? Toronto in itself yeah. can be overwhelming sometimes. Uh, this weekend was uh, quite overwhelming in Toronto, especially on Friday. Cause you had St. Patty's day, uh, which was like the first, real big St. Patty's Day since the pandemic, right? And you had Toronto Comic-Con, mm. which was apparently very well attended. Uh, so it was a very busy uh, weekend in Toronto. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming you didn't do so, anything for St. Patty's Day. I'm assuming kind of just played video games. Oh, I laid it stories. low. Yeah. I watched my stories. I, I laid low, um, had some health setbacks, so I'm on antibiotics. Mm. So that that's a lovely time of what smell am I emanating now? So thankfully you don't have smell a vision. <laughs> but it's interesting that you brought up uh the Funko Pops specifically, because I've got a bunch behind me. And I say that because I've read recently that Funko hit a bit of a, a snag and difficulty in overproduction, and they had to literally garbage out. $30 million of overproduced Funko Pops. Wow. So now people are debating whether or not that means that either Funko did a mistake, like by overproducing some characters that they just didn't get the market right for, or if the actual fad of collecting them is slowing down. I think it's a little bit of A. And B, right? I think, yeah. obviously, I think it's slowing down. Hence, therefore, they made too many, right? I think that's a very clear problem. We we had this conversation before, remember? Uh, I forget mm-hmm. what her name is, and I feel horrible for forgetting her name. Uh, oh, she's, like, disappeared off of social. I don't yeah. see her anymore either. Yeah, she's I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the toy wizard was- lady. Yep, big toy, toy collector, big in the toy world, and uh, basically, we one of the major conversations we had back then. This is back in twenty twenty. Uh, was is this a fad? And it kind of seems like it is to a certain extent, right? The problem is, it's like it's kind of like comic books in the early nineties, where they just produce so many and they become meaningless, yeah. right? Exactly, and and that's the thing. It's. It's one thing for me when I'm collecting the Star Wars ones because they are distinct and unique and identifiable. But where it starts to get into really touchy territory for me is all the ones that don't really stand out as identifiable. So it's like, let's go get all the BTS Funko Pops of a whole bunch of people with large Funko Pop heads and Funko Pop eyes wearing different colored suits. Yes. You know, it's like, does anybody, like, aside from BTS fans, like, I'm not trying to have a crack at them, but, you know, like, if you're just a casual shopper going into a store. And then secondly, the proliferation of the the distribution. Like, if you go into mind games in a mall or something, 
they've gotten an entire wall of yeah. Funko Pops. You go into Hop Topic, an entire wall of Funko Pops. You go into like EB Games or GameStop or whatever they're calling it now in Canada. It's a wall of Funko Pops or a, a, a good portion of Funko Pops there. And it, it's just getting to the point where it's just like, yeah, they're everywhere. Like, literally, it's like stones. You go into Toys R Us here. Yes, we still have Toys R Us in Canada. And it's like, it's now shrinking. I noticed in my Toys R Us this week where I did actually go to the mall. So, yeah, um, they had less Funko Pops than last time. And they had replaced it with more Lego. Yeah. Which I think was interesting because, honestly, for the entire month of January, that store was so hurt for Lego stock because they just got cleaned over Christmas. Right. And apparently, like, Lego, obviously, were having difficulty shipping, especially on large orders. And, yeah, it's it's just, it's starting, it's now not anemic anymore. So that was a little bit of an eye-opener for me going in there and just seeing what sets are actually getting space on the shelves. And Star Wars stuff is just annihilated. It's only expensive, silly sets. I was tempted to pick up that Scythe because that's retired. And I'm like, all the Obi-Wan Lego sets have been retired or slated for retirement this year. Yeah. So they only got one calendar year on the shelf. And the same thing with that. I told my friend because she's like, well, I think I'm going to get a new armorer set. And I'm like, well, you know how you bought it off a of Lego for $40 last year? Yeah. Um, They retired it as of January 1st. Okay. It shouldn't be that much more. And I'm like, it was a Target exclusive in the States. Yeah. It was normal up here, so we got it everywhere. But Target exclusives get limited runs yep. in the States. So all of a sudden, I'm like, that set is already up to 90 bucks. That's crazy. So it's, I don't think do it's you, right. Do you think that Lego is going to hit a wall anytime soon? Yes, I, I think they're already experiencing or or at least expressing some lag on sales or or lag on certain sets due to pricing issues they are being overly aggressive during this inflationary period because they just announced an august 1st micro fighter set which these are great because you can pick them up and get the minifigure for 10 12 dollars in canada they came out they're 10 dollars in the states they came out with a little naboo starfighter with mando and grogu in it so it's like two minifigures but like one and a half because yeah. grogu is a spec yeah it's a head with a little lego piece on it for a body and they want 16 american dollars for that wow 60 percent more crazy that's crazy. And this is like the, you know, and it's it's getting crazier, right? Like, I personally do believe that we are going to see that the Lego hit a wall soon, right? And similar to yep. Pops, right? So I, I hope Lego is smart and they price themselves properly. But the problem with Lego is that Lego, okay, so this is the issue, right? It's kind of twofold 
because I think the the first market for Lego is going to do okay. It's the collectors who are going to F themselves uh, more so than anyone else. I think if you're collecting for money, you have to be careful. Yes, that's um, what I'm trying to say, right? I think Lego yeah, will do well. If you're collecting it's, for a fan, yeah, yes. it's not a big deal. But the interesting part about Lego, especially compared to Funko Pops, is there's no redeeming qualities of these Funko Pops beyond them being on display. They don't have a secondary value. Literally, unless they're unless they're collectors demand it, right? Like unless there's somebody else who wants it, they're just but background with Lego, for me, right? Like yeah, yeah, and but with Lego, it's building bricks, so there is an inherent use to them. So even if you don't want it anymore, you can take it apart and gift it, sell it whatever maybe not get recoup all your money but you could probably you know move it along at a, at a reasonable rate to a fan who's been salivating for that set and you know you have all the parts and the figures or whatever you could probably move it along at a pretty good you know and get a good return on it i one of my friends is kicking himself because he sold all of his space lego years ago in the original boxes Ooh, wow. And he sold them like on Facebook for a song. Like, are we talking about like the the spaceship from the early from the mid nineties? Early nineties? Oh no, no, the stuff from the eighties. Oh, the original the space stuff. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. But we'll see where we'll see where that market hits, right? Like um, it's the biggest danger right now is when they do shit like put out Hulkbusters for 580 American dollars and busts of Black Panther for $300. Yeah. These are sets that nobody's really asked for. Nobody really wants that we can tell, but Lego just decided that this is something that needs to exist. And though that's where you see Lego really eat it because they get discontinued fast and they get under pot. And to be honest, if I was a collector, That'd be the crap that I buy because there's going to be a demand for it later and there's not going to be any market for it. This stuff where it's overproduced for a three-year run and people are speculating on it to the point where they have pretty much pallets in a storage unit of that set thinking, oh, I'm going to hit a home run now. Nuh-uh, you're not going to do it because, you know, it it's... It's it, the market saturated. The secondary market is saturated with that set. So you see what I brought up. Yeah, you see, it's already climbing. Yep. Oh my god, I gotta get this. I just gotta get. I just gotta bite the bullet. But four hundred bucks, dude. It was two hundred dollars. Uh, 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 you know, before it retired. I know. I know. Like, like you're you're. It's only gonna go up. Um, once. Once this Flash movie comes out and they people see this 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 vehicle in it, it's gonna skyrocket. I like this frustration-free packaging. Yeah. Oh, they announced last week as well that um, there is. Oh, Alex is telling you to buy it. Good man. Um, 
there is announced last week after the episode, I think we talked about it, the new Mandalorian set uh, coming out in August, the Crab Droid set, and it comes with a Bo-Katan minifig and a Mando minifig. The Mando minifig has the new printing from the from the UCS set. But interestingly enough, the Bo-Katan is a different printing than the one that came in her ship from the Clone Wars that was just retired. So that little minifig just retained some secondary market value. It's terrible being a collector. Right? <laughs> so this, the one that I'm about to pull up in two seconds, this is the old one, right? This is, is this the old one? Lego Star Wars. Yeah, that's the old one. Yeah, there you go. It was like 80 bucks Canadian, and now it's up to 140 And the interesting part is there's Gar Saxon in that, which is a Mandalorian that looks like um, Darth Maul. There you go. That's going to be the money shot right there. And then uh, Bo-Katan, if you scroll back. She is, you know, all then there's a Death Watch man or a unique Mandalorian. So uh it's it's a winner for people. Now they've redone the hairpiece in the new uh crab droid set. So the hairpiece is even more on point with what uh, uh Katie Sackoff looks like. So doing the role. So this is this is literally modeled after the cartoon. And yeah. I so so, so for me. Uh, this right there, that's what I, I got to move that. That's 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 the money message right there from my nephew. You'll save money on labor costs if I build it. <laughs> and that is the ultimate collector set. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. I those are not that. for the faint of heart. <laughs> I freaking love that. Oh, I like this. I like this little app. It's a lot more work for me, um, but I like it. I like where we're going. I might have to keep that up here. Uh, and then when, you know, anything comes in the bottom, there we go. Again, we're testing out the stream. Uh, you know, I, I feel like some of our listeners who are podcast only are kind of missing out. Uh, so go to It's Canon Podcast. You can find us on Twitter facebook youtube phil will have the rundown a little later and you'll be able to uh see how we're turning this sure. a little more a little more um i haven't uh, written the spiel but we'll make it up yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah, that's what that's how my life works uh but yeah good times good times oh man, oh, man. what else is going on in the world what of lego? We haven't talked lego what have i been up oh. to yeah. uh friday night uh you know what I was uh, the past few weeks have been so freaking busy at work uh, because of uh, you know stuff. Um, so on Friday, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go see some friends. I met up with uh, Kevin O'Leary, who writes all my theme music, uh, and I just want to sh- give oh, a yeah. shout out and congratulations to Kevin and Michelle who oh, uh, got engaged. Um, so that's uh, very cool. Uh, so kind of met up with Kevin. Had some drinks, had the best wings in all of Toronto, which you can find at Toronto Styles, uh, and then met up with another friend, uh, kind of just parted away. Next thing you know, I'm singing Backstreet Boys at a karaoke bar. I think I saw some pictures of that. Probably. <laughs> probably. It, it's funny, too, for everybody listening. We're not sponsored <laughs> in this episode. 
this episode has been the slam of parade <laughs> like this. Just I know, right? This episode brought to you by Alex. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, it's you know what's actually hilarious. So, as I was talking about my friends who don't support me and refuse to watch or listen to anything I do because obviously when like you, people got notifications when this went on on Facebook, of course she has to listen to me saying that. Sends me a message on my phone saying, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times. Good times. Oh, yeah, so goodness. That was my that was my uh my Friday Saturday had had family stuff cuz it was my dad's birthday. Um you know what really sucks? So the tradition of buying my dad the TFC jersey every single year got destroyed this year because MLSC MLS I just blame Apple for everything at this point. Um they <laughs> didn't release the shirts to the public just yet right like you 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 can go on the website but you, you can't walk into real sports apparel at union and just pick it up um and because you probably a, get it at the stadium yeah but dude you know those i know lines. It, it, minus 14 yeah it was a lovely weekend to go get it <laughs> right so it kind of sucked and on top of it all friday night there was a leafs game it was their st patrick's day game so you know that the Real sports in Union Station because they they closed yeah. the one beside the restaurant because um, you know I'm pointing in the direction of the restaurant when I go like that everyone everyone fully understands what I mean. Well, that that became a sport check for a while. Yep, it, it got it really still weird. Is. It still is. Okay. Anyways, the real sports was just full of St. Pat's uh, uh, stuff, so that it was just crazy. Uh, but I did get my dad a very nice like roots sweater and sweatpants f- from the Leafs, right? Not the biggest Good. Leafs fan, but yeah, he'll be warm and it'll be nice because it's roots. It's gone that. That was my Saturday. And dude, what did I do Sunday? Oh, yeah, I just met up with a friend. Just just met up with a friend. Uh had lunch with her and then just kind of just chilled because I knew that this week was going to be super busy, uh especially tomorrow. Tomorrow I have meetings from like 8 until 6 and then I have to cover a wrestling show podcast the wrestling show and god knows what else yeah well i know that just for those who are looking i know this is outside of the it's canon podcast this is boris and i's love of maple leafs or maple leaf sports and entertainment products i say that sarcastically but um i'm doing the tyler face (laughs) i know I, i i did notice that thanks to my brother he mentioned that Sport Check in Newmarket has the jerseys on the rack, but Ooh. they are replicas. They're not the game, like they're not the the authentic athlete worn authentic ones. Yeah. So, and I will say this about the stream this weekend: at least it wasn't in French. Number <laughs> one, and Apple TV actually had two guys there that were better than the other guys that have done all the other games. Yeah. And they were in stadium. Yes. So, like, that is huge. The one guy almost sounds a little bit like a higher-voiced Nigel Reed. Right? So I was quite happy with everything this weekend. I'm like, okay, I can handle Luke Luke being gone. If you're going to tell me that this guy's going to do play-by-play, then I'm going to be a little more well-adjusted because no offense to Gareth Wheeler, but I don't want to listen to him do the Apple podcast where, where the Apple, or sorry, the Apple commentary 
on the TFC games because I did that last week and oh, it hurt. So, <laughs> yeah, better than French, but I don't oh. even want to. Yeah, I, you know how I feel about that man. Um, so that's I made amends with him. So I did too, but you know, you just just one of those things, right? It's, it's one of those things. I get one it. One of those things. It's, it's uh, in her past. Yeah, I know. I know, but still, that's still. I don't. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so but yeah, so Apple did come through. Look, one thing about Apple that really sucks is that they took out Chromecast support from their iPad. Uh, they they used to have it uh, and the iPhone app, so there's no more Chromecast support, which for <laughs> that's the easiest way. And the Rogers Ignite box just wouldn't connect to Apple whatsoever. Well, I had. I watch it on Google TV. Yeah. And I have to cast a magic spell to all the tech gods to get the audio to split to my AV receiver over over uh, uh, optical to get the stream to actually produce audio on Google TV. I get one shot at it. Then I have to do a complete reboot. And if I just leave it, then everything works and I get the game and the audio. Otherwise, oh, I'm telling you, Boris, it's it's I, I have to make a deal with the devil to get this thing off the ground. And I don't think Apple are putting their best foot forward as far as supporting us in the Android world. And yeah, otherwise, it's me capitulating and going to my Xbox or my PlayStation 5 to just fire up the app and watch it on that. So that 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 is always bulletproof for me. So Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's but still it just again, I we'll talk about this on our football footy specific podcast that we'll do with Chris Keem soon, but it's just it's still it's still a headache. Yeah, it's better. It's yeah. gotten better, but it's still a headache and, it, and I think long term it's going to hurt the league a lot more than help them. I, 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 there are things I like, but we'll save it for that podcast. Um, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic on it. All right. Ted Lasso. Let's quickly talk some Ted Lasso. What you think of the uh, season premiere? Um, it was good to get the feeling back about the show. Uh, because I just dropped it cold Turkey pretty much. I, I dabbled a bit with season one. Mm -hmm. So overall, I was happy to see the characters. I was happy to re-engage. I was happy to see the speed at which they lifted off. And they're certainly telegraphing things. I don't know how many spoilers we want to say, but it is getting to be pretty widely publicized in the media right now that this is, in fact, the last season of it. And I thought that that opening was a little bit telegraphing that. And Agreed. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, they're setting us up. They're letting us know. And apparently uh, uh, Sudeikis has said that um, this this season counts as two seasons because right. the episodes are so long. Like the shooting was the episode length, apparently, for the rest of the season is like double what the other seasons were. Wow. So he said that they were on set a lot more than the other seasons. So it felt more complete because they didn't want to leave stuff hanging. Right. They wanted to get it all. 
that makes sense, man. That makes sense to me. But yeah, you're right. I think that it captured a lot of what we loved about the shows. Uh, but one thing that I read, and I this was like more than one comment that I've seen from it, is that a lot of people are saying that it's become too serious, that it's lost some of the, the comedy, right? And yeah, it's lost the comedy, yeah. but the but the show has matured, right? I think it still has that charm, but it's not as funny because everyone in the show has matured. We've seen different sides of Ted Lasso, uh, especially through that second season. And again, they kind of made, made references to it this opener, um, but I think it just overall the show is kind of maturing uh, as as with with everything that's going on. Well, you have to remember though too, right? Like. Jason Sudeikis did this show while actively divorcing his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So Ted Lasso in a lot of ways is mirroring Jason Sudeikis in his own personal experience. And the thing is, is that that first season you've got lightning in the bottle because you've got an American trying to learn an English game and you can't reproduce that in the second season. So the second season had to go a little bit darker and get into Ted's head and start exploring the cracks in there about what the breakup's doing, about what the job's doing and everything like that. And this season, you get it starting off with, why am I still here? Like, I, like I, nobody can answer me that. He can't figure out what people want to hear. And unfortunately for Ted Lasso, as much as he's, you know, his kids reminding him and all this, that he's this guy who doesn't give up. It's really, he just wants to make people happy. And he's struggling right now to find the answer to getting people to be happy with him. So he wants to get out of there and find a new challenge because it looks like that's the cycle of his life. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plugs into the Apple ecosystem and all of a sudden comes over to, MLS and takes over a fictional team. Yeah. Right. And becomes this marketing genius thing that they use, especially if Messi joins the league. So I just see that there's a lot of play that, that could be done with it because he's not saying Ted Lasso's done. He's just saying the show in this form is done. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like, I can see him leaving England at some point. And like you said, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where he where where his career goes off and all that fun stuff. Uh, but pretty, pretty good start for the season, in my opinion. Uh, we already quickly yep. talked about shrinking. So funny. So freaking funny. Ugh. Honestly, it Harrison up Ford. For that finale. Every single week, Harrison Ford gets funnier and funnier. And honest, honestly, I shed a bit of a tear with that ending. Oh, dude, that ending was a bit of a, a two by four of the head in a good way, in, in a happy way. So I, I was every time the show pulls a little bit of a, of a, a gooch tickler on me. There is a philism for you, and there you got is me. Boris losing You got it. me there. Got you got me there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was that. So we're going to move on. You know who didn't have a good weekend? Uh, we had good weekends, but you know who didn't have a good weekend? Who? Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, <laughs> not a strong start. Uh, looks like 
they were tracking with a low of $35 million uh, projection. It ended up making only $30.5 million, so that's almost $5 million less than what they had anticipated. Globally, they were hoping to get $85 million. They ended up with $65.5 million. Uh, so this movie is being panned. This movie is getting shat on. Now, here's the thing that makes me a little... I don't want to say nervous, but people need to take into consideration, right? Uh, the the director of Shazam is basically said that he is taking a break from comic book movies, uh, and and he's 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 done with stuff. Uh, so David Sandberg is like, I, I don't know, I'm gonna take a break from this stuff. Um, so yeah, he's a little perturbed. Um, some of the stars have spoken out, right? But here's the thing. And, and I don't yeah. understand why DC, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery, whatever the company wants to be called this week, uh, didn't realign, get new projections. Because when you kill the entire universe, what the fuck do you expect happening to the movie still slated to come out? Yeah. And secondly, Shazam, as much as it's a comic book movie, it was never to me. All right, watching the first one, I enjoyed it on the premise that it was a comedy first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it 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 felt like it was accessible to kids. It felt like it was funny. Now I heard this is fine. It's a romp. Like yeah. I, I I haven't heard a critical review of people that I trust going after the movie as being a piece of crap. This is a self-made DC issue. They are caught staring at the toilet flush and i i like i don't know what james gunn can do to fix this these movies were in the can you know like if the flash sucks or if it's amazing it ain't due to james gunn mm -hmm. it it's it's this crap was either they got lucky or they continued to make garbage it's it's we're a ways away from getting the true vision of DC under James, like, like years away from getting that realized. So I'm not shocked that it's getting panned. I'm not shocked that it's under received at the theater uh, as far as the critical, but it doesn't scream to me to a movie that I'm just like, Oh, it's a top gun. Let's go see it in the theater and get blown away by the boomy sounds or anything. It's just like this lighthearted, comedy where I'll just be like okay I'll watch that when it comes out on some platform we don't get here in Canada <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, HBO <laughs> yeah but that's the thing right like until Gods and Monsters chapter one of the new DC universe comes out you can't judge James Gunn for anything at this point um, but it is kind of like I don't know bittersweet in a sense seeing uh you know the pillars of dc uh you know making their last appearances right uh because this yeah. one had another cameo from one of the pillars uh and then obviously you know Bav the flash is going to be another last cameo for another one and then we had black adam with the last cameo or the yep. first one i should say but yeah I don't understand what DC, DC, WB Discovery expected, honestly, with this, uh, considering what they did to the entire universe and, and whatnot, right? Like, um, this is 
this is a you problem. This isn't a us problem. Yeah, the, the only the only places that DC and HBO and Discovery and all them are going to have success is with stuff like Last of Us. Isolated in the can, its own thing that got brilliantly produced, brilliantly distributed, brilliantly received. And yeah, this is not DC's way. <laughs> they, yep. They've had too many fingers in the pie. Uh, yeah. Neil Druckmann created a bit of a stir in social media as he's made mm. uh, that promo uh, picture for season two, basically saying that season two is underway, uh, you know, and, and, and it was a arm with a crowbar uh, and uh, to kind of signify that Abby is on her way. Probably the most polarizing character in the Last of Us universe as of now. Yep, but apparently, and we'll talk about this on our summary of the first season show, and we'll get into where we think seasons two and three are going to go, but the argument can be debated. It can be up for debate that are they going to just prolong the story or chop season two into two seasons? like the second episode into two seasons, or are they going to go away from the script? Because the comments have been vague enough that they could be interpreted as both things. And there are two distinct, there is a distinct break period in the second game where you could just call that a season. Right. And then flip it over and do it the other way. So it's causing a little bit of geek debate on that one. And yeah, I can see why, because it would be kind of interesting to know if they maybe don't make some of the moves that they do so early in the second game, and maybe they maximize some of their star potential. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Alex says it best when he says, I'm ready for more saltiness in season two. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think, you know, here's the thing with Game of Thrones had this, right? But Game of Thrones, you had uh, people who read books who were angry at the fact that people who were watching the show got more content than them. Wait yep. till people who watch TV fight with gamers. Oh, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> It's almost as it's almost as it's going to be as fun as watching a Star Wars fan base intelligently debate something. <laughs> and there goes a quarter of our audience. <laughs> and I'm in there. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it, it's we know it, it, we know the, where the we fan come base from. is fractured. The yep. fan base is fractured, and like you know, the segue that we're inevitably going to make is. This week's episode is a great example of how you can fracture a fan base. Even I further. wish we had. Oh, it, would, it would have been the perfect segue, but I do want to talk about one thing while we're still on DC oh, and DCU. Uh, That's Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, he just continues to tease us. He continues to tickle our balls uh, with announcements uh, with Batman and Wonder Woman photos. Uh, so he went. Uh, to Vero, where he likes posting stuff, uh, and he teased a DC announcement for late April of 2023. Uh, he posted two different monochrome images, uh, one of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and one of Ben Affleck's Batman. The Batman uh, picture features text that says MOS 28, 
ACCD BVS29, ACCD ZSJL30, IMAX, uh, hinting at theatrical formats for his three movies uh, with the dates April 28, 29, and the 30th. Uh, so do you think this is anything? Do you think this is just a re-release? What do you think is going on? Oh, it's probably just a re-release with a different format. He's just finding ways to bring about relevance to his name, I I would suspect. Because, hey, look, like as much as we were like pained to say it, the 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 Justice League redo was actually pretty good. Long, but it was pretty entertaining. Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. I think I, I think I saw a headline today too that said Ben Affleck is getting away from all superhero movies because <laughs> <Dude. laughs> they were saying that he's going to direct a Batman or something like that, and he's like, "Nope, I'm nope. not touching any of this yeah, stuff." He, he's done. He's done. He probably hates Kevin Smith again because he got him into this world again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's going to track down Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon, I hate you too. <laughs> Having said that, the new movie with those two about the Air Jordans looks phenomenal. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, well, they man, the two Goodwill Hunting, like they have <sighs> chemistry sometimes. Like Goodwill, yeah. Kevin Smith. I like, we talked about this and Goodwill Hunting and Kevin Smith, right? <laughs> like, there is no way those two actually did that movie. Well, I, I. I, Kevin Smith was the executive producer on it. So his fingerprints are on that film. And I can definitely see his influence on certain scenes uh, from an executive production standpoint. It seems more directorial or writing. But, hey, you know what? They're friends. They get high together. Yeah, They have a few laughs. I'm sure they kind of came up with, you know, especially the baseball glove scene that reeks kevin smith like that that just but as well hey they've been hanging for a long time so maybe a little bit of cross-pollination it's worn off on them like i expect you to drop tickle my gooch any point now <laughs> so i uh, um i'm just thinking <laughs> of the opening scene at the comic-con of chasing amy yep <laughs> i'm not gonna repeat it but Nope. Nope. <laughs> here's a here's a here's a nice little uh uh story that came out a few hours I ago. I say it, but I'm not. <laughs> Star Wars yeah. skeleton crew lands everything everywhere all at once. Directors. Oof. I don't know if that's good. Yep. So the Daniels, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinert, uh, a.k.a. the Daniels, they're going to be directing at least one episode of the spinoff series. Okay. Uh, we also have episode. John Watts, who directed No Way Home, um, who co-created Skeleton Crew uh, uh, along with Christopher Ford. All right. But Star Wars, okay. Kathleen. This is my only complaint about Kathleen specifically. Need to cool your shit, lady, with all these star directors. All right? Because they all take the job, and then you get them to screw off after because they meet you, and they're like, no, we can't do this. Like, like they, she had the writers for 
for Game of Thrones. They were like, no, we're out of here. She had Phil Lord and, and, and no, we're out of here. She had all the people. Rogue One. No, we're out of here. Tony Gilroy is taking over. She had uh, Colin Trevorrow for episode nine. No, he's out of here. Like this is her track records. Awful. And this is just look, we got a shiny new toy that everybody's talking about right now. So come get excited about Star Wars. And I got to say, I'm getting tired of that play from their executives. It's it's go and find the next guy and just give him a chance and make it happen like you did with Mando. You know what I mean? Like. It's kind of like they're trying to create a like, you know, a NBA super team, right? And just yeah. get get buys for Disney Plus based off of names that you have attached to to your series as opposed to yep. quality content and quality directing and quality whatever, right? Um and and well, we talk about this in Disney in general. Let me segue this one in that Marvel Studios VFX head Victoria Alonso is out uh so you know there's a lot of speculation about a lot of changes coming through in marvel so per the hollywood reporter uh, after 17 years of working at marvel studios she started off as an executive vice president of visual effects um and post-production before going on to become president of that department uh she is out and it's interesting because you know special effects has been one very touchy subject when it comes to the mcu Oh, She-Hulk, yeah. <laughs> among others, among other, I know, but that, know. that was the the shining beacon of whoa! What the heck is going on here from everybody? So, hey, it, it's just it's just a bad look. Like, focus on your stories. You've got awesome comics. You've got awesome IP in Star Wars. Focus in on your stories. Get your storytelling sorted. That's what Andor showed me. It's what happens when you could have crap on the screen. You don't need to have the world's best directors. You don't need any of that. If the story's got legs, if the story carries what's happening on the screen, on the screen. But this whole name chasing and and VFX garbage and all this is, I don't know, it dilutes everything because it seems like the narrative is about the Flash in the pan and not the stake and that's that's the stories yeah that's that's exactly it right um you know and then star wars has hit the nail in the head with something like andor and it really sucks because it seems that we've talked about this the past few weeks where mandalorian is kind of going through this change and you know it's it's becoming very polarizing among fans among regular here's the thing one thing is when the fans are polarized, uh, right? And, and they're on either side of yeah. the fence. It's another thing when you start hearing this from people who just watch the show because they like it, not because they're, you know, hardcore Star Wars nerds and geeks like us, right? Um, I, yeah. I tend to listen to, to you know, the regular viewers more and their reaction more because to me that shows the bigger bigger picture stuff right sometimes we're too into the weeds to really mm-hmm. to really focus on stuff right i always say this about wrestling right especially myself especially like you and me talking about star wars right so i tend to talk to friends who like star wars casually and they'll watch these shows because it's yep. star wars 
but they don't know that Kathleen Kennedy might be fired this week and next week and the last week and the week before and next week after that, right? So where I'm getting And if at, she does get fired, they don't care. Yeah, that's exactly, right? They We don't care and we're in, into the weeds. But uh, the, the I guess the point I'm trying to make right now is, you know, this season of The Mandalorian has been very polarizing for many reasons. Um, so let's... Yeah, let's just jump right in. We won't go into too spoiler heavy, no, because uh, I know that a lot of people watch. And again, similar to The Last of Us, which that episode will be coming out in the next week, uh, we will be doing a full recap of The Mandalorian season three. Uh, so let's no. talk about. Oh, okay, yeah, chapter eighteen. Think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Episode three, season three. Season three, episode three. <laughs> Sounds like episode eighteen. Did they, did they count the episodes from Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, it did. It started at seventeen, I thought. So yeah, because you had eight, eight, so sixteen, so seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. This is chapter nineteen. <laughs> Case in point. All right. So, Math. what did you think of the episode? I freaking loved this one. I thought it was fantastic. Um. As, as an overall summary, it basically starts out exactly where we left off with the with the seat with the episode before. We get to the bottom of who saw what. We then have a nice, really good dogfight sequence. Really cool. Um, yeah, it was really well done and it was fun. But it was basically as someone who was a casual pointed out to me, yeah, I was Top Gun. <laughs> She was just like, she even did like the maneuver for uh, Tom Cruise, <laughs> the air brakes and everything. And I'm like, oh, shush, you're right. <laughs> so anyhow, we literally just talking about this last week. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, but she used it the other way. So, yeah. wow. I was just like, wow. Okay. And then we break into a what appears to be a non sequitur story involving some characters that we were previously introduced to, some Imperial characters that are in an amnesty program and located on Coruscant. Now, the reason why I like this, and it was a large portion of the episode. Yeah, 75%. The episode was, yeah. And this was a big episode, a 59-minute run it was time. long, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so shout out to that. To, for me, I'm like, you hit all the points that I wanted to. You went into a side story that was very well explored and developed, like uh, very well explored. And we were using characters that it further developed them. It told a story to me that was basically very comparative to how the new republic is making the same mistakes that the empire did exactly now can i just say what what we like it was the first text message i sent mm -hmm. to you right this feels like a episode of the bad batch but the other direction yep it, it's it's almost paralleling it exactly and what was fascinating about that is you know these these people who are being, you know, uh, uh, given work and whatnot as as refugees or whatever of the empire, uh, 
they are given numbers as names the same as the stormtroopers were. That to and me whatnot. was so interesting because you know the, the 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 rebels and this and that you know they were so big on doing everything the empire wasn't, but here we are, and the rebels seem to have really taken a step back. Right? It seems to be a new group yep. of people who have taken over, started this new republic, but they're doing the exact same things that the empire did, which to me was just so interesting. Um, it just reminds me of like you know why we fight, right? Like. Here we yep. are doing the exact same things all over again. If anything, it, it really amps up the sequel series on, you know, don't join. Both sides are the same. Like DJ, right? Like it's it it's really interesting because like honestly, the New Republic should be jailing these people or executing them. And instead they seem to be giving them amnesty. And it's it's that mistake of they're giving the wrong people the amnesty because these are, as we saw, some of the monsters. And although I thought the doctor's intentions were very good, he ends up getting a double cross in the end, which is fun to watch. And then we resolve the uh, the issues with Mando and Bo-Katan where they get to get to where they needed to get to. In order to advance that storyline, I won't ruin it, but it's going to get spicy because Emily on the weekend told my friend that episode four is she's really excited for because a lot happens in this one coming up. And I know that Dave Filoni co-wrote it. I know Mm -hmm. it's not Dave directing it. I thought it was. He doesn't direct any this season. Yeah, because he's too busy with Ahsoka. But he did co-write this episode. So, or, yeah. So, anyhow, it's interesting because I think there could be a lot of story meat coming up in this new episode. And, you know, people are going on Twitter and whatnot and accusing Mando of using filler again, which I hate that word because there's one thing I've learned with Dave Filoni and and John Favreau has learned this as well, is that there's no such thing as filler episodes because they always have it tie back to something establishing, something important exactly. later. And this... secondly, it was a great way to see into Andor from an audience's perspective. If that was the part of the story that you really liked, you might want to go rewatch Andor or see Andor if you missed it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think a lot of people like, uh, you know, there, there wasn't a lot. There was a lot less conversation about, you know, post-World War Two Germany than I thought there would be. Right. Because this is exactly yeah. kind of what happened there, where there was a lot of amnesty and you had some of the smart people kind of just be given passes. Uh, and, 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 you know, because, well, we wanted to use them and we ended up creating NASA because of that and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, there were good those, things that came out of it. So seeing those parallels with real world and in the Star Wars world is always to me what I always liked about Star Wars. Uh, so I really, really did enjoy that. It kind of built the world a little more and that's what I wanted to see, right? It's filling in the huge gap between, uh, you know, the where we left things off and the new trilogy. So I really like this episode a lot. I like seeing people get their come up ins. But like you said, to me, 
with Filoni and Favreau, there's no such thing as filler because I feel like everything is going to come full circle and come down in a neat little package. It might not be the same characters, but it's the concept of this amnesty program might yes. come into play, you know, with, you know, and now that we know that people are looking and we're looking at cloning and stuff like that, well, there were a lot of questions about how we got to episode nine. Uh, so, you know. Oh, it, it's been not very well veiled at all during the Mandalorian that that was, you know, there there was straight up shots of Snoke in those tanks. Yep. So it, it it's it's it, and as another point that I really enjoyed as well was they showed the highest mountain in Coruscant and it's the only piece of land visible. I thought that that was really cool. Like some of the world building and whatnot on this place that we've already been in the prequels and, and whatnot. And it's like, Oh, this is really impactful. This is just bringing so much more excitement to that world for me. And it was already a place that I felt like I knew. Right. So that was kind of cool. I, I did enjoy that. And, but this amnesty program is obviously having a problem because there's clearly bad people in it and they're thriving. They're, they're playing both sides. That's and like, you're playing with the people who invented playing both sides. Like, <laughs> oh my God. But to me, it raises questions on, you know, w w did the rebels just do their thing and say, all right, let the politicians take over, right? And it's the politicians yeah. who got us in this mess. Yeah, exactly. And 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 why don't you have tighter controls on your amnesty population if this is a possibility? Because all they have to do is go talk to a robot once a day and are you feeling depressed? No. <laughs> like, you well, just have to sit there and answer these questions. To me, and the robot's going to let you go. And it's stuck is, on the ground. It can't even chase you. I know. <laughs> to me, what was the most interesting line it was kind of a throwaway line where even the rebel fleet is being decommissioned yep yep like they are going all in on getting rid of everything right it's, it's peace. peace and it's build up your war machine time which means money production corruption everything right like it's yep. politics baby <laughs> which is honestly and as andor taught us that's the meat and potatoes of the star wars universe right now always has been under george's vision well that and I'm poppy pedro do some... doing poppy pedro stuff yeah but i'm gonna do some prequels that are gonna talk about trade federation trade route blockages people are gonna love it <laughs> it's what oh Let's have a rousing Senate session. <laughs> Just okay. <laughs> All right, George. But it works in the end because they stuck with it, right? And they made it mean something. But for the casual people watching, it's like, oh my God, I, I pass by this channel on TV all the time. <laughs> That's so freaking true. Oh, my God. There's so much going on in Star Wars right now. There's so much going on right now in uh, Mandalorian. But, uh, yeah, I think I uh, think I think that's where we'll leave things off. I think that's a very good place to leave things off uh, because we will be, like I mentioned, chatting all things Mandalorian in a Mandalorian special later on. And obviously we'll be chatting all things um, Last of Us. Last of Us later on this week. You got it. All right, it's that time. 
If you're looking to find us, you can track us down at www.itscanapodcast.com when it's working. You can look working. us up on Instagram. I know it is working. I had a first and test it. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canna Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanapodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, patreon.com slash SNME radio. Uh, really, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you're going to find us, including on YouTube now, on the It's Canon Podcast, and on Facebook, and on Twitter. We got them all there, but, you know, we do video now, is what we're trying to tell you. So you can tune into that and catch the old episodes, or just uh, watch us live. We usually try to stream on Monday nights at 6.30. Tonight, we're a little bit later. So if you like it, subscribe, and uh, be sure to tell your friends. Exactly. We might uh, we might adjust the time, right? Maybe nine PM is the time where people can actually yeah. watch and listen to us. Well, we'll take we'll play it by ear. Um, I'm but, making uh, it up. I'm pulling it out my gooch. <laughs>